0: Let's give it up one more time for the choir. Now, Jazzy, I got a concert this Friday night. At what time? Seven o'clock where? Right here? In the chapel. So make sure you guys come back if you want to hear some more of that good gospel singing. Seven o'clock Friday night at the chapel. Let's give it up one more time for the choir. Thank you guys so much for being being here with us tonight. Well, like Jeremy said, tonight we kick off our Advent season and we begin our discussion and our dialogue about the Christmas story. So you can meet me in John chapter 1 where we'll begin our conversation tonight. John chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 all the way through 18. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Like we used to do at my old church, if you got it, say, I got it. Still looking? Say, I'm still looking. looking. Take your time, just hurry up. (laughs) We can get this party started, baby. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. And it reads, In the beginning was the Word, Who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He, comes, he who comes after me ranks before me. Because he was before me, and from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace, blessing upon blessing. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through, here it is, Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. As Jeremy mentioned earlier, the Christmas season is beginning, and it almost feels as if once it starts, it goes downhill, uh, and it starts going just 90 miles an hour, and we're bombarded by catalogs and wreaths and poinsettias and candles and bowls and wrapping paper and discounts. My wife, my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous wife, has been looking at Catalogs all week long, and I can just see the checkbook just dwindling down. I mean, Christmas, Christmas is starting. Christmas is starting. Can I tell a story? My wife did a survey last night. She was on the phone. You know how when telemarketers call, I I shouldn't, I shouldn't do this. You should have told me that before I started. Can I continue? You want me to stop? Keep going. Good. All right. So my wife, we're in the room last night. And then she, she's answering. So I'm like, who you on the phone with? She's like, nothing, nothing. I'm like, who are you talking to? She's like, nothing. I'm like, you ain't talking to nothing. What you doing? So she's answered yes, no, six, nine. I'm like, what in the world? So she's like, I'm doing a survey. So I'm like, doing a survey, usually we hang up on those people. You know what I mean? If it was October, November, we'd be hanging up on them. But this time, she's sitting there talking to them. I said, so she hung up the phone. I was like, what's the deal with the survey? She's like, oh, nothing. I said, you get a discount for doing the survey, huh? She said, "Yeah, twenty-five percent off at the limited." I said, "Aha!" So it's starting even in my own. The Christmas demons are taking over my wife already. Now I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I, can we go? I love you. All right. So, so I mean, it, it, it's crazy, and it it's so easy for us as Christians to lose focus over, over, off of the essence of what Christmas is all about. Not only that, before any any new believers or someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal savior and you're just trying out this thing called church and you're just kind of coming in and, and checking out and seeing what it's all about, it's so easy for you to be confused and lose, and lose direction when it comes to this idea of Jesus between him and Santa Claus and elves and a light and a star. You could be totally confused and have Jesus riding on a sleigh in an ark sometimes with Noah and them. You know what I mean? So, so I think it's important that as we begin our dialogue this year, as we deal with this Advent, uh, Dr. Waybright, who's the uh, senior pastor of our church, he preaches in the services in the morning, and, uh, and I and a group of others, we preach here at night, and we preach the same message, and as we got together and prayed about what we wanted to discuss this year for Advent, it was clear that we wanted to paint a clear, mit- a clear picture of what this thing Christmas was all about. We wanted to paint a real clear picture of who this guy by the name of Jesus that we talk about. So for those of you that may be new to this message and never heard it before, and even to those of you that have heard it all of your life, it is our prayer that it will be fresh and anew, and that we will leave this place seeing Jesus Christ in a new light. Amen? That's my goal for tonight. And to help us frame it up, I've invited some friends. uh, They recorded a little video, and I want you guys to just kind of hear and listen to their words as we start. Summer's ready. Come on, y'all. I've been slaving over this for hours.
1: Dear Lord, baby Jesus, or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, Jesus. We thank you so much for this bountiful harvest of dominoes, KFC, and the always delicious Taco Bell. I just want to take time to say thank you for my family, my two beautiful, beautiful, handsome, striking sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, or TR, as we call them. And of course, my red hot smoking wife, Carly, who's a stone cold fox. Mm. Also, want to thank you for my best friend and teammate, Cal Naughton Jr., who's got my back no matter what. Shake and bake, dear Lord, baby Jesus. We also thank you for my wife's father, Chip. We hope that you can use your baby Jesus powers to heal him and his horrible leg, and it smells terrible, and the dogs are always mm. bothering with it. Mm. Dear tiny infant Jesus. Hey, we... um, you know, sweetie. Jesus did grow up. You don't always have to call him baby. It's a bit odd and off-putting to pray to a baby. Well, look, I like the Christmas Jesus best, and I'm saying grace. When you say grace, you can say it to grown-up Jesus or teenage Jesus or bearded Jesus or, bearded Jesus or whoever you want. You know what I want? I want you to do this grace good so that God will let us win tomorrow. Dear tiny Jesus, your golden fleece diapers with your tiny, little, fat, bald up fist pawing... It was a man. He had a beard. Look, I like the baby version the best. Do you hear me? I win the races and I get the money. Ricky, finish the grace. I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo t-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus, like, with giant eagle's wings and singing lead... Vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band, and I'm in the front row and I'm hammered, drunk. Hey, Cal, why don't you just shut up? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Dear, eight pound six ounce, newborn infant Jesus. Don't even know word yet. Just a little infant, and so cuddly, mm. but still omnipotent. Mm. We just thank you for all the races I've won and the twenty-one point two million dollars. Woo! 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 Ah! Love that money that I have accrued over this past season. Also due to a binding endorsement contract that stipulates I mentioned Powerade at each grace. I just want to say that Powerade is delicious mm. and it, it cools you off on a hot summer day. And we look forward to Powerade's release of Mystic Mountain Blueberry. Mm. Thank you for all your power and your grace, dear baby God. Amen. 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 Let's dig in.
0: Thank you, Will Farrell. Will, thank you. As we step into the Christmas season, I wonder, as funny as Will is, do we have the same view of Jesus? Are we confined to an eight-pound, six-ounce, can't even mumble a word, just cuddly, but still omnipotent, Jesus? As we look at the scripture today, We're going to be led in this conversation by a man by the name of John. And John knew Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He talked with Jesus. And John wrote and told us about who Jesus is, who he is. So as we look into the scripture tonight, and as we open up Advent, it is my prayer that we will begin to refocus the lens in our minds and in our hearts That this Christmas season, we will see Jesus in a real new and fresh way. If there's anyone in this room who doesn't know Jesus, or or you're at church just kind of to to get to know him, it is my prayer that you will clearly begin to see a Jesus who hung, bled, and died, and was raised on the third day with all power in his hands that we may have life. This is our prayer. Let's pray. God, we pray that as we open up our scriptures, you would be with us. That um, there would be much clarity in the house tonight. That the scripture will just make sense. So many times, God, we can go in and listen and watch people open up this book. And leave uh, confused with with not much understanding, so God I pray for for God just an anointing of simplicity tonight that we will take the uh, the, co- the the complexities of your word and articulate them, God, so that a young child can begin to understand your beauty, your majesty, and your love that you 've shown towards us. May our time tonight be sacred and, and and impressed and impacted by you and your glory be with us in Jesus name. Amen. John was a man, and John walked with Jesus. John was one of the disciples. John was there with Jesus. As a matter of fact, John uh, 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 he uh, he, uh, he 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 worked himself up. He what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Forget it. All right, he um, he was a great guy, Zach. Uh, but but he deserved he he he. I'm trying to get it again. It's not working. All right, come back again. Maybe this side will help me. Uh, John was a, was a great, no help. Maybe you guys. John, John, he earned, that's the word. He earned the title of uh, the one whom Jesus loved. Uh, when Jesus was handing out compliments, he handed this one out to John. And he said, now John, John is one whom I Love. A picture. Picture John. John sitting there going on about life and all of a sudden encountering this man named Jesus. Now this man named Jesus had a reputation. This man named Jesus was said to be this great king, this great Messiah. And, and, but, but, but Jesus was walking the streets like everybody else and Jesus came to John and said, hey, I want you to walk with me. I want you to be one of my disciples. So John followed this great uh, rabbi, this man by the name of Jesus and as he followed him with, along with 11 other guys They will begin to see some of the most amazing things happen. I'm sure that they would see miracle after miracle. They were there at the pool of Bethesda where they saw this man who had been lame and sick for 38 years. Years and Jesus went up to him and touched him, and this man got up and began to walk. John, John was there when he saw Jesus talking to this woman uh, who was this Samaritan, who was who was not a woman that 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 Jews would talk to. But he saw Jesus go and talk to this woman, this Samaritan woman, and when she left him, she was leaping for joy and in power, excited about this living water that Jesus had given her. John saw. Jesus do some of the most amazing and miraculous things. John walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus. John was there that day, that day when he got when he when he got the text message about Lazarus. Uh, uh, John was there when when, when, when he got the mes- when the messengers came and said, Lazarus, your friend is sick and he's sick almost to the point of death. And John saw Jesus wait for Days before going to Lazarus' house. And John was standing there when Jesus walked up. And and, and Lazarus' sisters, uh, Mary and Martha, were crying and and almost really upset with Jesus because Jesus did not come. John was there when they accused Jesus. When when they said to Jesus, if you would have been here, Jesus, my brother wouldn't have died. Imagine the tension. John watching all of this going on and John hearing Jesus say, show me where you laid him. And John, watching Jesus go there, and when they tell him to roll the stone away, and when they, they, they all give him this caution, they throw up the red flag, and they say, Jesus, Jesus, I'm sure, Lazarus, his body is stinking by now. I'm, I'm sure his body is smelling right now. You, you may not want to remove the stone, but John, hearing Jesus say, roll the stone away, and John, standing there, watching as Jesus cries out, and Jesus says, Lazarus, Lazarus, come. And John was watching as Lazarus began to leap out of the grave in his grave clothes. John. John was there in the Garden of Gethsemane right before, right before Jesus was about to go to the cross because Jesus had been talking about this kingdom and the disciples were all excited about because they had this picture of a kingdom like with this big palace with, uh, with, with, with maids and and, and, and they, they thought that they were going to have thrones and they would argue about who's going to sit on the left hand and who's going to sit on the right hand. So they, they had this picture of this kingdom but Jesus kept telling them the kingdom will not be like that. So so he, he knew about this whole idea but this one day they saw Jesus. Jesus, and, and he was crying, and praying, and, 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 and crying, and praying, so much so to where blood began to stream down. He was in this garden, this garden called Gethsemane, and there they saw Jesus praying so intensely, sensing the tension, and John, John was there. The Roman soldiers came, and when their friend Judas, John, saw Judas come, and John John saw Judas coming and kissed Jesus on the cheek and then saw the Roman soldiers come and grab him and took Jesus John saw the trial where where, the, where, where all the people who had followed Jesus, John probably saw, saw, saw the woman at the well or, or the man that, that was healed at the pool of Bethesda, some of the 5,000 that were there, he saw all of these people gathered around and, and there was a trial and, 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 and the judge put it before the people, Pilate said, who do, you want to, who do you want us to let off, who do you want us to free, Jesus or What's his name? Barabbas. That's it. I was trying to be deep and make it dr- a drama feel, but it just didn't work. I was like, not Bartholomew, but Barabbas. All right, all right. I'm a little off tonight. It's cool. I was the parking. It was crazy. All right, so here we go. So so, 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 so he asked him, Who do you want us to give you? Do you want us to give you Jesus or Barabbas? And, 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 and the he, John was there as he watched the crowd, knowing that they're going to say, This is easy. Let's free Jesus, the one who's healed some of you, the one who's saved a lot of you, the one who's came in and, 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 and restored you. you, raised your daughter from the dead. This is going to be an easy win. Let's, let's free Jesus. So, so he says, Who do you want us to give you? And John was there as he heard the crowd say, Barabbas! Barabbas! John was there when Pilate asked the question, well, what should we do with Jesus? John was there when he heard them say, crucify him, crucify him. John, John was there when the city stopped to watch Jesus carry an old rugged cross up this hill called Calvary. See, crucifixions, they were were a big deal, but they were common in that day. Jesus wasn't the first one to be crucified. This was a custom back then. They would crucify their thieves and their murderers. They would come and it was nothing for people to be sitting around the city and all of a sudden see a man carrying a cross and going to be crucified. It was common in the day. So the fact that this would be king... This this, this man and this friend of John who had been spending all this time with this man that he had been walking life with. The fact that he was now being crucified like a common criminal. Imagine, imagine the loss of hope. See, because they were still trying to wrap their mind around this idea of the temple being destroyed and and resurrecting in three days, and still trying to get this idea of the the kingdom and the right hand and left hand, what, what all that means. Still not fully understanding it now, seeing their great hope, the man that had made all these great promises, now being marched through the city like a common thief, like a common criminal. That's why Peter denied him. That's why, because Peter was on the verge of almost losing hope. I've been walking with him, and now he's being crucified like a Come and see when asked, they, when they asked Peter Peter said, I don't even know the man I don't, I, I don't even know who he is, but John John watched him. John watched them as they, they they lifted and posted Jesus up on the cross. John watched the blood came come streaming down off of Jesus' body. John was there. He watched the whole. But John was there when, when, when some three days later, Christ was raised from the grave, and now they see Jesus in this glorified body, and John sees Jesus again, and he sees him in his great glorified body. And so now this man who they had walked with for some three three or so years, now he sees him, and they, he saw him crucified, saw him die, but now is seeing him raised again, but in a, in a glorified body, and John was there as Jesus took step on the cloud, and he ascended up to glory. John was there as Jesus said, as the angel came down and said, Why stand ye gazing? This same Jesus who you see going up will come back again. Friends, John had a personal experience with Jesus Christ. So John goes on and the, 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 the revival begins and the disciples begin to preach and Pentecost happens and Peter takes the stand and gives the great Pentecostal sermon and thousands come to Christ and now thousands want to know about this man that John walked with. Now thousands want to know and they want to be in a relationship with this man named Jesus that John literally spent and, and, and lived a life with. Now thousands want to know about him. So so, so John is watching all of this. Mark Matthew, Luke, they write their story. They write the account of what, the, of what their experience was with Jesus. And John is said by the scholars to be one of the oldest uh, disciples. He lived longer than everybody else. So John has the unfortunate experience to watch and see some of his brothers be crucified. He saw some of his brothers be beheaded because of this gospel. Mark writes... His story and his experience. Luke write his, writes his, his story and his experience. Even Matthew writes his story and his experience. And many years later, after years of reflection, John sits down and he writes about his experience. He, 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 he writes about the story of Jesus now Matthew and, and Mark and Luke, you can imagine most most of them bring and they bring this rich. Uh, uh, this rich experience, this rich historical account of Jesus Matthew. Matthew opens up with this great genealogy. Uh, uh, the Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot, and he, he goes down and he does this great lineage, and, and, and Luke and, and Mark, they give this great historical account, and they and, 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 and hear the beauty of the the imagery, the poetry, the, 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 the birth but coming from a, a virgin mother, uh, a young Mary. They talk about Joseph having not lain with Mary, and, and Jesus coming in this virgin, this, this lowly uh, uh, Mary. They talk about them not being able to find room in an inn there in Bethlehem and him being born in the manger, manger, wrapped in swaddling clothing. They talk about the wise men, how they traveled by a star and came and brought frankincense and myrrh. This beautiful story of how Jesus came to be. But now when John sits down and he writes his version and his account of the beautiful story of how Jesus came to be, He sits down, he grabs the papyrus, and he writes, in the beginning was the word. John John doesn't go, and he doesn't start from a historical perspective. He doesn't necessarily begin with who Jesus was, but he talks about who Jesus is even before he was i say that again just in case you got lost. He talks about who Jesus is even before he was. Jesus, John, John didn't start in a manger. He didn't start. After all the reflection, after walking with his friend, after sitting and watching Mark, Luke, and Matthew, after watching all of his brothers be killed, uh, uh, John stands and he sits and as he reflects and he says, Now how will I write about my friend Jesus? If I was writing about some of you, I might say he was born in 1973. Uh, he was born in uh, uh, in, in, in Reno Valley and the local hospital there. His mother, his brother, his sister. We, we start a story, but John goes way far beyond that. John says, in the beginning was the word. Because John realizes that my friend, I watched him grow, and he went from being my friend to becoming my Savior. As you look and as you do an analytical study of all the Gospels, you will see that the purpose of John's Gospel is to communicate to the reader that he is not just a man. He's not just some baby in a manger. He's more than just flesh and bone. In the beginning, he was. In the beginning, before all began, before the beginning of time, Jesus, my friend, now Savior, was there. In the beginning was the Word. He's not limited to hay and donkeys in Bethlehem. He's bigger, he's more, there's a greater depth. And I want the readers to walk away and to understand that Jesus was more than just a baby in swaddling clothing wrapped in a manger. He was was bigger than that. That was not his beginning. His beginning was before the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. Even before the beginning began, Jesus was. He, He wants us to get a clear picture that the Christmas story doesn't begin with Jesus breaking through the birthing canal of Mary. Christmas story begins. Even before the beginning, it's a mystical. It's a mystery. I remember being a little boy. How many remember asking your parents the question, "When, when did, where did, what, what was before God? What was like? I know in the beginning it was Jesus. Well, what, what was before that? Anybody ever asked that question? I remember that. Remember, remember getting terrible answers. <laughs> remember that? Because there are no good answers. It's the mystery of God. Even before all that was, was, he was. That's awesome. He says, In the beginning was the word. This word uh, is translated logos. This word logos uh, ha, has many different meanings. As a matter of fact, John, whenever he writes, he, he has, a, has a reputation of using words that could be used many different ways. One of the meanings, one of the definitions for this word logos, one of the pictures is this idea of, uh, of the, the, the word logos as, as communication, as communication, as taking thoughts and, uh, and expressing them through words. It's the idea of taking the unknown and making it known through logos, through the word. Here, the picture is that Jesus is the logos, the communication, the thoughts expressed of God. Did y'all get that? It's the idea that that Jesus is God's greatest communication to mankind. Jesus, Jesus is is God's greatest reach, his greatest communication to who. We are. Jesus is the word, the Logos, the express thoughts of God. Jesus is, 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 is the one who communicates and reaches out to us. Secondly, this, this, this idea of Logos could be um, the, the idea of, uh, of logic. The word Logos comes from, from uh, the word logic comes from this word Logos. It means to, 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 to make sense of, to bring, to bring order to to, to, to come out of chaos and to bring Order. It's the idea of, of God speaking even in the beginning and speaking out in the midst of darkness and in the midst of darkness, pulling out light out of darkness and pulling the moon and the sun and, and taking what could be chaotic and holding it together and bringing order. The idea of logos, logic, taking that that is chaotic and setting it in order. Next, next one is this, this idea of uh, the word Logos could, could mean uh, creation, that that is created. Because, you know, John starts like another book in the Bible starts. And that book is Genesis. In the beginning, in the beginning. So John pulls that from Genesis. And John, John says, in the beginning was the word. Here, th- this word creating means when, when, when God Spoke when he communicated, when he used logos to bring that forth. He, he, it, it was Jesus was the creative agent in the beginning. That that all that was created, it came out of being because God spoke it, and that Jesus was the logos, the creative agent, the Word of God, creating and bringing afresh. What does that mean to us today? The fact that Jesus could be God's communication, his his best thoughts, his his best effort to reach us, that he sent Jesus to communicate and to reveal who he is. We know God because of who his son is, Jesus Christ, so that Jesus would be his best communication towards us, that Jesus would be our communication. Not only that, but that Jesus, in the midst of chaos, could set some order in our life. The fact that this logos, that this, that this Jesus could bring order to our lives, which could be chaotic at times, not only that, but that He would create a new in us, create a, a new in us, create in our hearts a newness, that He would come and bring newness to our lives, that He would be the communication of God and set our lives in, in order, and that He would create and bring newness and freshness in our heart. Change my heart, O oh God. make it ever true change my heart, O God, may I be like you, Logos, Jesus communicating, reaching, setting in order, and creating newness in our life, and all of that was in the beginning, John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. This isn't some new upstart kid that just came up in the city of Bethlehem. He was in the very beginning. So Jesus is eternal. He's bigger than us. He's, he's, he, he's, he steps outside of time. is not limited by what we're limited by. He is beyond our limits. He was with God and he was God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John is saying, my friend. My friend Jesus is my Savior. And He was in the very beginning. Before it all began, He was. And He is God. Because this Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. (laughs) One of my... um, one of my favorite shows on TV, I'm kind of addicted, my wife kind of got a little few issues with it. There's a show called West Wing. How many of you heard of West Wing? West Wing, anybody? Cool, cool, cool. Is Paul here tonight? Paul, Paul. It's not on TV anymore. It used to come on, that's why I got the DVD series. I'm on season five, and I'm going to tell you, it's, it's just off the chain. It's crazy. So I'm, I'm watching West Wing, and the president is Jet Bartlett. Jet Bartlett. Bartlett and Jet Bartlett, uh, his right-hand man is a guy named Leo McGarry. Leo McGarry, they're old friends, and Leo McGarry is the one that helped run his campaign and helped him to get elected to the White House. And all throughout, as they do flashbacks in the show, they show Leo and Jet as young guys coming up, and they show they show Leo and Jet, uh, Jet running for the office, And, and Leo is the brains behind the operation. Leo is the one that makes everything happen, and whenever Jet gets in a tight situation, Leo is the one that comes in with the great idea that ultimately saves the day. And I can remember the day when Jet got elected president. Leo looked at his best friend who had groomed and developed all these years. Leo looked at Jet Bartlett and he said, Mr. President, they're calling him. And from then on, Leo never called his best friend Jet Bartlett anymore. From then on, Leo called him Mr. President because his friend had grown up before him and had established a new name. And as John introduces us to this Christmas story, to this Advent, he's no longer calling Jesus, Jesus, but he's saying, my Savior, Jesus. (laughs) Mr. President, this guy who I walk life with has changed, and he's my Savior. He's not the same anymore. And it is my prayer that as we grow and as we walk with Jesus throughout this Christmas season that we will not see him the same. That we won't see him as the world sees him. That we won't see him uh, uh, as our culture paints him, as some Santa Claus Jesus. We, that, that we won't even see him as Will Ferrell paints him, as this idea of this young little baby, eight pounds, six ounce, can't even talk of words, but still omnipotent Jesus but that Jesus, right before our very eyes, will be made bigger before us, that we will bring fresh eyes to a very old, old story, and recognize that the same God that was still is today, and he desires a relationship with us. He desires communion with us, and that we would spend our Christmas time celebrating not only who he was, but who he is in our life. That is our prayer this Christmas. As we go through the Advent season, as we go through the book of John, we'll be here for the next few weeks. As we look at John's account, that we would see Jesus as John saw Jesus, as one who is not just a man, but one who is God, the Word made flesh. And dwelling among us, that we will see him as Emmanuel, God with us. Does that make sense tonight? That is our prayer in Warehouse this year. Let's pray. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for your greatest communication towards us. God, I thank you for, for loving us so much that you sent the word. To dwell among us, God. And I thank you that that word, that Logos, Jesus, that he brings order in what could be our chaotic lives at times. God, I thank you that that Jesus sets in order what could be a chaotic life. God, not only do I thank you for you sending this great communication and one who sets order but I thank you that he has the power to create newness in our lives may this Christmas be filled with his creative power with the fresh heart with new eyes may we be made anew by the Logos the word Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior God I pray that we would have clarity this year of who Jesus is John is right He is not just a man, but he is our Savior and Ruler. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He is God, Emmanuel. God with us. May we see him and may we know him. In Jesus' name, amen.